Coffee, Cows, and Crops is produced by the Peace Country Beef and Forage Association and hosted by Extension Coordinator Johanna Murray. On this podcast, we discuss management practices and research results with scientists, ranchers, researchers, and farmers. We strive to share innovative information and farming practices supported by sound science and practical wisdom. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get learning. episode of Coffee, Cows, and Crops. I'm Johanna, and today we're going to talk to the team from Young Agrarians. So uh, I'm really excited to talk to these ladies today because they're, they do an excellent job making agriculture accessible to people who didn't grow up on farms or who aren't as familiar with agricultural practices. But before we get into that, ladies, I'll get you to introduce yourselves, maybe where you're from, and what brought you to Young Agrarians. And I'll pick on Colby to start. Well, thanks, Johanna. Um, I'm Colby Peterson, and I'm the apprenticeship coordinator in Alberta for the Young Agrarians Prairie Apprenticeship Program. And I'm originally from Beaver Lodge, Alberta, but have moved closer to Dawson Creek on the BC side and am farming there. Um, I was introduced to Young Agrarians when I met Dana. Um, I was volunteering at an organic Alberta conference because I wanted to get into farming and I didn't know really where to start. So I thought I'd go to a conference and meet a whole bunch of farmers. Uh, And I met Dana there and we kept in touch after that. And eventually a job opportunity came up to work with the apprenticeship program. And I leapt at that opportunity and I'm so glad I did. Um, And they haven't been able to get rid of me since. Awesome. Uh, Dana, we'll get you to go next. Thanks, Johanna. I'm Dana Penrice. I am the YA Prairies Program Manager, and I live at Shoal Lake, Manitoba, but um, I moved out here a couple years ago. So I actually started uh, Young Agrarians in Alberta when I was living there. And what got me into it was I went uh, to BC for a National Farmers Union Youth event. And as part of that, we went to a Young Agrarians mixer that they were hosting out there and uh, just seeing their event and and seeing the connections that were being made. And there was just lots of young farmers who were just starting out with no farming background. And, you know, they were struggling with questions of like, how do I get my seed in the ground kind of thing? Or how do I drive a tractor? all kinds of questions like that. I just kind of had this feeling of like, oh, these are my people. And so uh, that's how I got hooked into it. And after that, um, uh, myself and a few volunteer uh, farmer volunteers around Red Deer helped to bring the program out to Alberta. So I've been with it ever since. Right on. And last but not least, Alex. Hi, everybody. My name is Alex Powicki, and I am the e-learning coordinator for Young Agrarians. Um, I am one of those people who don't really know how to drive a tractor that Dana was just talking about. Um, So I grew up in the city and kind of came to farming and young agrarians accidentally, which is pretty, pretty fun. Um, I started volunteering at a community garden, kind of just as a favor to a friend and totally fell in love with the 
idea of being able to um, grow food, be in community, eat delicious food, um, but also make a positive impact on a lot of the negative environmental trends that um, we're hearing about in the news so much these days. Uh, so that was just a really big eye-opening experience and uh, yeah, I've just kind of dove in into the farming world um, since then. Uh, and yeah, started out organizing a lot of events with young agrarians in central Alberta. Uh, and now we've um, kind of been expanding our e-learning um, or our online learning programs. Uh, so I've been kind of working towards that uh, in the last couple of months, which has been very exciting. So for anybody who's unfamiliar with young agrarians, uh, can you give me a quick summary of what you do, what Young Agrarians is, all of that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So Young Agrarians, um, our kind of tagline is a farmer to farmer network. Um, so we're aiming to grow the next generation of farmers. Uh, and what that kind of means uh, for the way we run our programs is that uh, we at Young Agrarians are by no means the experts on how to farm. We don't actually teach anybody how to drive a tractor or anything like that. Uh, because we recognize that all that expertise and all that amazing knowledge is in the network of farmers that are part of Young Agrarians. So we really focus on bringing together um, new farmers, experienced far farmers, people who are young, people who are old, people who are in the middle, um, and kind of get this exchange of ideas and skill sharing uh, really, yeah, really going because that's how people learn well. Um, and we realize that that's where all the knowledge is. It's in the community. Um, so yeah, we have been in Alberta now for uh, how many years now? Four, five, five years, Dana? Uh, we've been in Alberta since 2015, so six. So six yeah. years now. Um, and we've slowly <laughs> been growing the, the number of people that are part of the network. Um, and we really hope to kind of reach people who uh, maybe are interested in farming, but don't know how to start. Um, so a lot of those folks are coming from urban backgrounds, first generation farmers, um, and they don't necessarily have the, the skills to be able to produce food or necessarily the skills to run a business, but they have this incredible passion and drive to uh, feed their communities and to yeah, build relationships with each other. Awesome. So on the topic of community building and communications, um, how did you guys start communicating with, how'd you start building your network of farmers and, and that sort of stuff? Uh, so in BC, it really started where there was this recognition that um, there was this need for almost like social learning space for new farmers where, you know, there was, especially those first generation farmers, um, there wasn't a lot of ways for them to kind of get integrated into the um, rural or farming community. Um, and so, you know, th the premise of it really just started with like farm tours and potlucks, like the idea that people just want to get out on the land, share food with each other um, and build relationships. And so that's kind of been the organizing model all along and actually really still is. Um, I think like some of the, you know, in starting out Young Agrarians when, when um, the founder Sarah Dent um, and uh, Sean Dory did in, in BC, some of it came from just having like really good branding, I think. Like making farming look sexy was a big part of it. Um, and 
uh, you know, that also bringing like a lot of kind of like diversity and backgrounds, like we're seeing all kinds of people interested in farming. You know, we typically think of like the next generation of farmers as the farm kids of current farmers, but the demographics of that are really changing. So we did a survey in, in 2015 with the National Farmers Union and the University of Manitoba and 68% of the respondents didn't come from a farming background. So it really shows that there's this huge wave of people who are interested in, in getting into it. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that imagery of like, let's make the visuals that we're putting out there as young agrarians reflective of that community of people getting into it. Lots of them are women. Um, and we're also seeing more and more people of color getting into farming as well, which is, which is really exciting. So some of that is like our communication strategy, but it's also just like talking to people, I think at the right kind of level, like, um, you know, talking at that level of like, uh, you know, what is a heifer? Like, that's a strange word to most people. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> uh, you know, making it comfortable for people to be able to ask those kinds of questions and uh, be like, what is that? And usually uh, in a lot of our events and things like that, there's lots of people in the room asking the same kinds of questions. So it's, it's really open and inviting that in that kind of way. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of add in a bit. Um, I think that that kind of grassroots um, approach of just like talking to people and making things normal, like acknowledging that you're not the only crazy one that wants to farm. Like oftentimes people are coming from families and their parents are like, you want to what? Like, it's so strange. So um, yeah, just normalizing that. But then um, I think what's ended up being really helpful for a lot of people is um, our social media presence. Um, so within Young Agrarians, there's a communications person who kind of manages the social media, but having that space where people can connect from very, um, from, from areas that are very dis like disperse, um, geographically far, far apart um, is, is really important, I think, because you can find people, you know, that look like you farming on on Instagram like that's that's I think really big for a lot of people especially in kind of that young farmer scene um, where social media is a big part of uh, people's lives um, but yeah connecting over these big geographies is is something that I think we we need to think about yeah and I'll I'll add that our events are really really geared towards the the new farmer and so the language is friendly to the new farmer the you know we and and even I should say the old farmer that it's a very community oriented and intergenerational space and so we get people saying well I'm I'm a new farmer but I'm not young is that okay and we always just say well whether you're young or young at heart <laughs> this is for you and you're welcome and come as you are um, and definitely, as Dana was saying, like, the food is a draw. <laughs> the food is the way to everybody's heart. <laughs> and, you know, we have these, like, epic potlucks um, that draw people in, you know, maybe who didn't come for the educational portion of the event, but just want to meet people uh, and talk to people and network and, and share some space and time around the the potluck, which is a, a really beautiful way to come together as a community. I think the other thing I'll add too is that um, it's also not 
like we're also really trying to draw an audience that's just curious about farming like they might not know that they want to become farmers yet so we always kind of sometimes we use the tagline I guess farmers and food lovers um because yeah we want to we want to catch those people that are like curious and get them engaged into the network and you know they might not know that they want to farm yet but soon they'll discover that farming's really cool and um and uh you know then they they you know they have a friend they've come there and meet a friend that they can you know start to explore what what would farming actually mean for me you know is it something I want to pursue do I want to go work on another person's farm and try it out first like a lot a lot of our our um uh work is just passing on opportunities like that to people it's like okay you're interested now what now what do you need do you need experience do you need you know some business um, acumen? Do you need access to land? Those kinds of things. So really trying to like meet people where their their challenge or their need really is at. Awesome. And that really feeds into my main question, which is there's a big push in like the agriculture community in general to try and connect and, and tell our story a little bit to the non-farming population, which is ever, ever growing, right? So are there other things that you find uh, make your, your social media or your events more accessible to those people who, who are curious? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really what we're trying to do is really even if people aren't interested in farming, what we're finding is that um, like young people are so motivated by like environment and doing good for the community. And I think it's based on those values and motivations that they're interested in what we're doing. So, you know, I think often we'll post something that's like about, you know, um, like food security or food sovereignty and access to like a story about, um, you know, people working to grow food for their community. And that just like interests everybody, not just farmers. Um, yeah, that's kind of where my, my mind goes with that question is like, everybody is connected to food. So it's just about making it interesting to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, maybe to build on that, just uh, thinking about how the work, like it's very easy perhaps when you're on a farm to kind of get bogged down by the, the details of, you know, how many pounds of alfalfa needs to go where and like all that stuff. But like really what you're doing is like feeding people and um, stewarding the land and like all these really beautiful things that uh, resonate with a lot of people. So I think being able to connect to you know, zooming out a little bit of like, what is, what is your farm doing? If you were to like, yeah, really think about it in terms of the ecosystems and the communities that it's a part of and, um, and all that stuff. So being able to, to share that message and bring your story as like an example of, of ways that we can work towards all these things that people are really um, passionate about right now uh, and hopefully continue to be for a long time. Awesome. Yeah, and I think along with that, and this is something that has really helped me on, on the farm that I'm living and working on, is Young Agrarians helps me take that, that zoomed back or zoomed out approach more often uh, and 
helps remind me that yes, this this day to day is part of a larger, what I really feel is as a movement uh, and that I'm a part of something that's larger and that it's moving towards hopefully a, you know, a better future. Um, and I think that's something a lot of the young people involved in Young Agrarians or the apprenticeship program, uh, the community in general, whether they are farming or not, needs to be reminded of that there's this momentum that we're going forward to something better um, and that they're a part of it and that they're a needed part of it uh, and that we're working, you know, sometimes it might feel like we're working alone, but we really are working together uh, in the larger community. Right. And is there, is there a difference you notice with which audiences you reach through different communications and that sort of stuff? We definitely have been strategic about developing a very large, uh, and well, it's grown to be a very large uh, social media platform. So that's where most people find out about us. Um, and, uh, you know, I think where people are now, like, on social media is kind of an interesting thing. Like we aren't on TikTok, but my my uh, partner, Ted, he just got onto TikTok and he's like obsessed with it. <laughs> but, um, you know, like kind of trying to be where people are at is a big part of it. And, and um, with our mentors, we found um, a lot of our mentors actually through our partnership with Organic Alberta. So we intentionally started Young Agrarians with Organic Alberta because we knew that that's um, a big network of not just organic, but ecological regenerative farmers in, in Alberta. And that's who um, we really, you know, wanted to be connecting people with. That's where a lot of the exciting opportunities are to learn about farming. Um, well, one, one among many organizations like PCBFA would be one of them too. Um, but uh yeah, and I mean, we like we spend a lot of time on the phone with our mentors, and then like, you know, that kind of thing. Colby spends a lot of time on the phone with them, and then uh, the young folks, you know, they're texting, and I'm making myself myself sound really old. Um, <laughs> this question, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. And I, I actually really believe that that like, like it's about kind of trying to develop those relationships over time. So we kind of pull them in through the social media network, but then try and engage them in a bunch of different ways through events, like getting to meet with people face to face, you know, getting them comfortable talking on the phone and stuff like that. And just check, like, we're just constantly checking in with like, how's our network doing, talking to different people about what their challenges are this year, that kind of thing. I'll add a little bit to that. Um, I mean, as yeah, and I'm maybe I'm gonna sound old <laughs> with this comment too, but um, and and this is maybe a little more program specific rather than I mean Dana's kind of referring to like the net that we catch people, especially the people curious about farming, um, and often that is a pull from social media, um, which will then maybe lead them to the website, and then they'll kind of go through all the different programs and all the avenues that you know, some of their questions could be answered by going down. Um, and once they do come to an event, I, I really think the sense of community is a pretty strong binding force um, for a lot of these new and young and aspiring farmers and that they maybe have just found somewhere where they feel a little less lost, or at least if they're still feeling very lost, they're lost in community. Um, 
and it's kind of a a reassuring thing that other people are at the same stage um, and kind of going down that learning journey together. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the success of our programs too has been word of mouth and just people referring other people. And I've, I've seen that a lot through the apprenticeship program is new apprentices are um, often referred to by former, um, you know, alumni from the program. We also have, um, as far as audience and reach of audience, like, you know, Alex being interviewed by every single news media outlet <laughs> really did reach a large audience. Um, and that was that was a really beautiful thing for young agrarians to see is, is all these people, you know, watching the news and coming through us that way. Yeah, I was gonna gonna add to that there that yeah, don't knock the like old school media too of, you know, radio interviews um, and newspaper articles, especially now with like online uh, newspapers, uh, the, your reach can go very far. So if you, yeah, like in our case, we were advertising a new program called the Business Bootcamp um, and it just got a lot of traction in various media outlets. And it was an incredible moment of just seeing all these people, you know, who are stuck in their cars driving in rush hour listening to the radio being like yeah I do want to become a farmer like that's pretty cool and they reached out and, and now they're part of the network and they're like this was amazing or this was so much fun or I'm so glad to have found you like all these beautiful things so it's uh yeah it's cool to see how people the people are out there it's just a matter of kind of finding them and and you never know how that might happen I guess awesome so I know you guys are you're aiming to bridge that gap between wanting to farm or being curious about farming or ranching and then transitioning to actually farming or ranching. Um, so Dana, maybe I'll get you to, to talk about how your apprenticeship program started and what it sort of looked like to begin with. Sure, for sure. Yeah, so we the apprenticeship program kind of has some history to it because um, it was actually before Younger Grains started in Alberta, I was doing a research project on new farmers in the prairies. And I found that um, it was kind of like, where are the new farmers getting trained? And um, what I found was that many of them had gone either to Ontario or BC to do an apprenticeship program because that's where most of the apprenticeships were. Um, and my question was like, how can we keep people on the prairies and also train them in the kind of ecology and the kind of farming that we're doing here? You know, the scale is a lot different and um, the type of farming is different. Like how do we get somebody who can manage a herd of cattle um, versus, you know, um, uh, vegetable gardening, right? Um, and I ended up actually looking to the states. Um, I went to a conference in New Mexico uh, called the Quivira Coalition. Um, and they had an apprenticeship program running down there that when I found it, I was like, this, was, this is what we need. Um, because the apprentices were working on ranches, working on like big tree farms and uh, like dairies and all kinds of stuff. And um, when I talked to them, they're, they're uh, success rate was just really good. You know, they'd had so many apprentices and it was like 95% of them or something were still working on farms. 
Um, and so we basically just brought their, the Quivira Coalition, their, they call it the New Apprenticeship Program. We just brought their program up to Canada. They were really great to kind of mentor us through how to set up our program and provided some materials and stuff for us to kind of get started. Um, and yeah, we just piloted a program in Alberta. Um, I can't remember how many farms we started off with in the first year. I think it was like six or seven. And yeah, worked with our network in terms of like who, um, some farms had kind of had previous programs, like they'd had interns or woofers on their place. So they kind of knew what it was gonna be like. Um, we really wanted to push towards like something that was a little bit beyond an internship. Cause I kind of think of an internship as like, you know, a few months kind of thing. Um, and, um, you know, this is for people who they're usually like six to eight months kind of, uh, lengths, um, give them kind of more of the seasonality of the farm, um, and have a little bit more commitment to the learning aspect of it, of, you know, actually developing those skills of regenerative farming and, you know, getting more experience of, you know, not just kind of weeding the garden for a couple of weeks. It's like they, they might end up doing it for months or whatever. So yeah, um, that's what, uh, that's kind of how it started. And really what I was seeing is that we kind of had these like new farm or people curious about farming from a non-farming background. Um, and then I also was getting, we still get lots of calls from people who have a farm, but don't have a successor. And so the apprenticeship program in, in a way is like trying to fill that gap so that we are um, training apprentices, training skilled people who can take over those kinds of opportunities and work um, with existing farmers who are ready to kind of transition their farm to somebody else. Um, and so the, the, the apprenticeship program is kind of trying to, yeah, like get them trained up and ready to be able to take on that opportunity. All right, and, and how does, what does the apprenticeship program look like now? I think Colby, you wanted to answer that one. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, like Dana said, the sort of big bold goal is that these will be the future farmers of the prairies um, and that this will be, you know, whether they're dipping their toe into farming for the first time, or maybe they have a few of those shorter term experiences under their belt, that this program will really be a kind of a launching pad for them to, you know, really start their farm or to take on the management of a farm or to partner with existing farmers to, to make those transitions as there are going to be so many of them in the next decade. Um, so we, yeah, we were hoping to scale up the program a little bit and it, it was really exciting. Um, we got the funding this year to make the Alberta apprenticeship program a prairie wide apprenticeship program. So, you know, last year in Alberta, we had eight mentors and now this year between the provinces, we have 23. So it, awesome. was, a, it was a big, yeah, like all these wonderful you know, skilled farmers are stepping up to fill that mentor role and to really help educate this new generation of farmers and um, and create these kind of mentor communities across the prairies where they get to learn together and share their 
you know, their pearls of wisdom with each other and with the apprentices. Um, and so, yeah, most of the, most of these farms will be starting their, their apprenticeships um, come mid-April and beginning of May. And most of them will run through to, you know, around October, November. Some of them are open and willing to have apprentices stay year round. And, and some of them are hoping their apprentices might even start their own business enterprises right on their farms. Um, so it is kind of a, you know, we're moving these aspiring farmers along their farming pathway to becoming farmers. We have, well, <laughs> pandemics pending. We have normally gatherings with the apprentices um, on each other's farms, they get to visit one another's farms and have tours and potlucks there and share learning days. We have more of an online curriculum um, or opportunities, you know, supplemental learning opportunities for both mentors and apprentices in the programs now. So, you know, we're trying to develop one another as, you know, cultivate better humans as well as better soils and farms. Um, and Ideally, this will, yeah, we'll see a large uh, retention of, of people who want to stay in the farming sector and the young agrarians community. Awesome. Like that growing better people is always exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our last couple of years, you know, we've really worked more on, on helping to, to provide training for the mentors. You know they're they're providing a lot of expertise and learning, and coaching and guiding for that next generation. And so helping them to become better mentors has been one of our priorities lately. Um, you know we just rely on them so much for that intergenerational knowledge. Not every farmer is a great teacher, right? But those that are really great teachers are really important to growing that next generation of of farmers. Yeah, I would say that's actually the, you know, it's something that almost every apprentice has said coming out of the program is the most valuable thing really. And I mean, aside from like on the ground learning day in and day out is the community of people that they have come to know uh, and the support that they get from that community. So that's a really exciting thing for us to hear knowing that they feel well supported for their next steps. Yeah. And I would add too that the types of farming that we have in our apprenticeship program is really diverse. So we have market gardens, we have uh, cattle farms, we have grain farms, we have bison farms. Um, you know, it's, uh, there's kind of something for everybody. And, and the idea of like having each other go and see each other's farms is that they um, both learn like just a bunch of different kinds of ways of farming and different, you know, get, get exposed to all that different kind of stuff. Um, but we, it's also about growing uh, the network of, of mentors for the group as a whole. So, you know, um, we really see that in the alumni from our apprenticeship program is they might go work at another mentor farm or they might, you know, they just all of a sudden they just have all of these connections in the regenerative ag sector that once they actually go to start farming or to figure out their next step, they have all these great resources and people that they can rely on to figure out, you know, oh, should I do this or should I do that? They've got somebody they can phone up and, and figure it out. Yeah, that's awesome. And I will maybe just add about those next steps, like kind of the, 
importance and enormity of the kind of task of getting more people into farming? Because I think the stat is something like in the next 10 years, 75% of the land in Canada will change hands. Um, and so that's just an incredible amount of land. Right now, there aren't really enough young farmers to be filling those, those shoes, those big shoes that are going to be um, left behind. Uh, so yeah, I guess just the importance of have a strong community to keep people um, yeah, supported as they kind of go into this um, kind of vocation of farming that they're, that they're pursuing. Definitely. All right, I think on that note, um, the importance of keeping, getting, getting young people involved to keep, uh, keep agriculture going. I think on that note, are there any resources and websites or any of that sort of stuff that you'd like to plug before we sign off? Sure, I think Alex needs to plug the boot camp. Plug Alex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will plug away. So I guess one um, uh, kind of program that's new in the Young Agrarians world that we're really excited about is the Business Boot Camp. Uh, and so this is kind of, this program is an online program so you can join from wherever you're at. Um, and we've had people join from all across the country and even abroad now, which is pretty fun. Um, but it's basically a program for um, helping people to that's kind awesome. of build their business plan um, and generally business skills around farming. Um, so we're finding that uh, there's kind of, I mean, two aspects of farming. There's the production side of actually being able to grow things um, and produce beautiful, high quality food. Um, but then there's also the ability to plan for how to do those things into the future, plan for how to sell them, plan how to finance all these things. Uh, and so the business bootcamp is basically meant to help people work on that. Um, and that's also just a, a really growing community of, of people who are ready to like, you know, jump into farming, start their own farm business um, and, and are supporting each other in that journey. So yeah, so we just ran three cohorts of the, the business bootcamp this winter. Um, and we're gonna be starting more business bootcamps in the fall once the, the craziness of summer dies down. Yeah, it's been a really exciting program. So in those three cohorts, we had 90 people go through it. So often people are asking, you know, how big is, you know, how, how, where are the new farmers? How many of them are there out there? And I think that's a really good um, stat on, um, it just shows like that there are people out there interested doing it. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to offer that one again in the fall. Um, and the other uh, thing that I wanted to share is that we just um, launched our, um, a land access guide for Alberta. So one of the big challenges for new farmers is how to access land um, and you know what are all the options available. You know, often we just immediately think that you have to buy the farm, right? But that's not always the case. And I think we're gonna see more and more kind of leasing and land sharing opportunities happening. Um, so that document is a 60 page document that covers all kinds of tips and case stories and um, it's got sample leases and all kinds of really great resources in it for people who are ready to um, find a piece of land. Um, so we're just getting into more kind of work around the land access issue, which is uh, really exciting. I will also add 
another young agrarians thing. <laughs> um, the BC team has put together a transition toolkit for non-family farm transfer. Um, and I, you know, any templates in it would probably be British Columbia specific, but most of the information is completely applicable for anywhere. And as you know, especially those trying to move forward in a very complex um, journey of, of what farm transition looks like, and especially if it's out of family. Um, and perhaps anybody, I don't know if you have any listeners from the States or who might be planning on, you know, endeavoring on, on a farming journey there, but Dana referenced the Kavira Coalition's <laughs> program. It's called the New Agrarian Program. And they have also expanded their apprenticeship to, they've included many, many more states and have a lot more mentor farms um, across the U.S. that people might be interested in, in learning more about. And kind of, I guess, another piece around the, the land access guide is that it's for people seeking land, but also if you have land that you want to offer and, you know, you're, you're toying with the idea of looking at, you know, out of family transition or something kind of longer scale like that, um, having that, um, yeah, kind of land access piece, bringing new people onto the farm, testing those relationships, growing those relationships, uh, that document can kind of help in the early stages of that as well. Awesome. Yeah, so if anybody's interested in anything that uh, the gals just mentioned, I'll be putting links to their website and some of that other stuff in the description of the podcast, so you can scroll down and have a look. And I think other than that, I think we're just about out of time, so with that, um, we will call it there. That was great. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Johanna. We really appreciate it. Peace Country Beef and Forage Association is a research and extension group based out of Fairview, Alberta. Our mission is to help producers thrive in an agricultural system that is profitable, regenerative, and attractive to future generations. To learn more about what we do and see the results of our research trials or our archive of newsletters and fact sheets, check out our website at peacecountrybeef.ca. Want to get in touch? Have a burning question or a topic suggestion? Send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thank you.